What's good? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Hogshaven Podcast, powered by SB Nation. You can find us at hogshaven.com, at hogshaven on Twitter and on Facebook. You know who I am. I am your host, Marty Moe. Um, Jamal Force, you can find me on Twitter at Let Maul Tell It. Do not forget you. Um, yeah, the season is over. Uh, and I guess from a playoff standpoint, that's cool. But you know, we still got more football to talk about, right? Uh, Kyle Smith for GM of Fox Haven as well. He joined. He's joining me right now as we dive into, I guess, the 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 short term future. <laughs> It may be long-term future of the Commanders, man. Uh, Kyle, appreciate you joining me. How you doing, boss, man? Pretty good. Happy New Year, Jamal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Happy New Year, man. Uh, it's, that's good, man. I'm glad you're doing well. Um, you know, I guess for, for what it's worth, I guess from a health standpoint, I'd imagine, but um, as it relates to this team, the Commanders, uh, you hit me up on game day and said you was fed up. <laughs> <laughs> you said you was fed up, man. You needed to hop on the mic, man, and, 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 and say your piece, but um, there are several angles that you can take. Obviously, we know at this point as well, with the season being over, Sam Howe is the starter, but that that in itself was a journey too. <laughs> trying to trying to get that out of Ron Rivera, um, to just make him the starter. Uh Kyle, we can start wherever you want to take uh wherever you want to begin. Um, if you if you want to double back to Cleveland, um, we can definitely do that if you want if you want to push forward to the future. Um Whatever your thoughts are on on Rivera, head coach, uh, organization, um, or even Sam Howe moving forward against Dallas, man, we can we can start wherever you want to go, man. On on this episode, the episode is all yours. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well we'll get we'll get to all those things in due time, but I, I do want to go back to Cleveland and and really, uh, you know, just to me the the really. Um, foolish decision to start Carson Wentz. I know that there was some disagreement among folks. I think maybe even you were ready to see Carson again. Um, I was just adamant that we had seen enough uh, early in the season of Carson. There was no reason to expect that we were going to see anything better from him and that, you know, for all his shortcomings, uh, Taylor Heineke got the, was getting the most out of this team of, of, of any of the quarterbacks that we had on the roster um, we're going to get. And uh and it played out um, maybe even worse than I could have imagined it too, in terms of Wentz's performance. I mean, that was that was probably the worst quarterbacking performance I'd seen since, you know, Garrett Gilbert and those guys were rolled out when Alex Smith went down in I guess 2020. I mean, it was just uh, pathetic. Uh, it was he, he, you know, he should never have started. He should have been yanked after he had started. Um, I really think looking back at some of the comments that you've heard from folks like uh, Reggie Ragland on the Browns, and then you've heard from some of the, the Washington uh, players in terms of the locker room, I think, I think he sucked the air right out of the, the locker room and the team in terms of uh, starting once over Heineke. There was, I mean, the team was dead as well, although the defense didn't play terribly for the first half. Um but uh, but just a pathetic decision, really doubling down on the, the bad decision to spend so much on Wentz in the first place and then tanking the season, um, not even aware that he had tanked the season. I mean, that was just the icing on the cake that he didn't realize that was an elimination game. Um, and so I, I've just been steaming all week since Sunday night. Um I really think in a just world, uh, both Rivera and Scott Turner would have been handed their walking papers on Sunday evening. You elevate Jack Del Rio for the last game and put Zampezi in as an uh, offensive coordinator. But I've seen enough of these guys. I don't need to see any more. Um, you know, I have no idea if they'll be replaced if the ownership group changes this offseason. Seems to be an indication that probably they would stick around for at least another year. Uh, but I'll tell you, Jamal, I just, I can't, I'm not sure I can endure another year of this moronic, uh, uninspired coaching uh, on a team that has quite a bit of talent. This is probably one of the more talented Washington teams that's been here for a number of years. Um, they're weak in certain space, in certain spots, like the offensive line and the quarterbacking obviously leaves something to be desired. But I firmly believe this is a team that could have made the playoffs. 
uh, with the staff that are uh, with the, the players that are here if the coaching had been better. Just look at the Giants. You know, Brian Dable, that team is nowhere near as talented as Washington is. And he's got them playing out the wazoo. I mean, he's got Daniel Jones, uh, you know, looking like a superstar. And this is what the difference between good coaching and bad coaching looks like. And we are just getting a clinic in terrible coaching, terrible game management. Um, and, and I've just, I've just about had enough. Do you think that Taylor, without a shadow of a doubt, would have won the game against Cleveland? I mean, there's never, there's never without a shout of a doubt. I, mean, I any, shouldn't even any, add, that wasn't even fair. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let me, let me rephrase it and just like eliminate without a shadow of a doubt. That wasn't even fair to ask you. Do you think Taylor would have won the game? I, you know, I think probably 60, 40 Taylor would have won the game. I, I think 90% Taylor would have played a better game than Wentz did. Um, what, you know, it, it's not, especially when you've got a limited quarterback, it's not, you know, it's not Aaron Rodgers who's going to put the team on his back and win the game by himself. But I think, you know, one of the things that people get hung up, it's the main thing that people seem to get hung up on with Heineke is that his numbers aren't generally aren't stellar, but you look at the kinds of things that he's able to do in terms of, um, you know, being somewhat efficient in the offense, drawing out, um, you know, uh, drives and that sort of thing that give the defense the opportunity to rest so that you've got an opportunity for the team to play uh, better even if he may not maybe isn't playing incredibly well. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I, I do firmly believe um, that he would have played better than once. And I think he would have given the team a pretty good chance to win. Um, you know, I, I, actually the Browns looked worse than I was expecting them to look. They looked like a genuinely <laughs> terrible team through that first half. Uh, and then they eventually, you know, it seemed like they got it clicking, got it going, you know, they got Nick Chubb rolling just smashing people and uh, and they were able to, to take off at that point. But I think, you know, if you would have gotten that team down by a, a couple of touchdowns, they would have just rolled over and died. I think it was, I think it was several layers to the quarterback situation. Um, and for uh, on my side of things, when it came to Carson Wentz, um, I said, I said for some time and, and had even said it on here that, uh, there is, I'm only starting Carson Wentz if I had assurance that he, like, I'm not saying like, so this is not a, it's more so like, what's the word? Um, I don't even, I can't think of the word, but I'm only starting Carson Wentz essentially if I had assurance that he knew the playbook or that he picked up the playbook. Um, and that's not a, that's not something that I would ever know. That's, and, and, and I'm saying like, if I had that information is where, that decision would come in for me because there's no point in taking Taylor out. Um, but I have posed that argument because I don't think it was illogical to think of any way, uh, any other way that, excuse me. Um, I don't think it was illogical to have Carson Wentz come in with the idea of having so much time off, having pick, uh, having that time to take those mental notes and then understanding what he can bring from an arm standpoint. Uh, if he understood the offense better. So with that, with that being in mind, um, I think the unfortunate thing is how the coaches handled it um, from several different standpoints. Uh, I don't think Taylor really had a terrible game against the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think he had a bad game. Um, those two turnovers that he had, one was a strip sack that was really out of his control. Um, and the other one was an interception where he threw to a spot where he expected Brian Robinson to be at. Um, and he missed that. I mean, so it's two turnovers on back to back possessions that ultimately can change the head. But if you evaluate them uh, and understand, like as the coaches should understand, um, you should you should know that those are unfortunate happenstances, like isolated turnovers that you can evaluate and say, OK, these aren't completely on Taylor. Now, there was some passes that he had in that game against the Niners that you sit here and say, all right, you can see why they want to go to Wentz. Like those, those exist, and they can they existed his entire time as a starter. Um, but then you think about the game plan that they had um, under under Taylor Heineke, understanding that you know we have Brian Robinson back there, Antonio Gibson back there. This is prior to his injury. Um, Antonio Gibson back there, and we're using Curtis Samuel 
um, as that third that third running back as well. Um, and I like the idea of us utilizing the same game plan. And oh, let's go ahead and implement Carson now because we know off of play action he could be a dangerous threat. Um, especially if we can take that shot to to Jahan or or Terry. The issue is after they made that uh, irrational decision to bench Taylor Heineke off a game that he wasn't really playing terrible in, um, you then uh, see how he executes in that first that first possession, which is 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 pretty good outside of the one bad throw that he had that that almost resulted in a turnover. Outside of that, he executed the offense uh, to a T, like it was fine. Um, he was he was quick with his decision making. He knew where to go with the football. He knew how to beat the uh, the pressure blitzes or the pressures, excuse me, that ultimately ended up being the Curtis Samuel touchdown. But when you make that decision um, and you believe that that's going to be your guy moving forward, um, that's where, you know, your your uh, your issues come in, Kyle. It's like you have to you have to be able to understand, like, um, can I if I if I make this move? Do I think that the vibe on offense or defense will change at all? Um, personally, I say, uh, and I've said, like, I don't, I think that it'll probably impact players, but I don't think that uh, the locker room, like, the locker room has a job to do. Like, the players have a job to do. They're coaching. I mean, they're playing for their their livelihood as well. So, like, doesn't matter uh, per se who the the quarterback is, especially if they're not producing on offense. That's the biggest thing. If you're not producing on offense. And you're not scoring points. There's a reason why, like the quarterback position, is even a subject to begin with. Um, so you have to evaluate that as a coach and like, all right, I understand what this offense needs, but does this offense need this quarterback over the one that we're currently having? Um, and if you decide to go with the other quarterback, you have to make sure that you stick with the exact same game plan that made you that made this offense function a little bit better. So. I think that, uh, you know, one of the interesting things that's been said in sort of the aftermath of that game is a couple of voices that I, that I have some respect for on this front. Uh, both Mark Bullock and Logan Paulson talked about how the game plan that was drafted for Wentz, um, and, and I specifically remember Paulson talking about it, looked like the plan that had been rolled out for Heineke. And that, in fact, that wasn't that wasn't a plan that was taking advantage of Wentz's strengths. One of which is sort of the opportunity for the you know the big play, um, uh, and that sort of conservative uh, game planning, heavy run uh, approach really didn't d- didn't play to his strengths. And so, you know, I guess we can debate all day as to whether was it was it Wentz not playing well? Was it Scott Turner's terrible game, play calling? You know, I th- probably a little from column A, a little from column B. B. In any case, it was a total debacle. And I don't yes. think you know most people whether they thought Wentz should start the game or not by halftime. I think most people probably, even if they thought Wentz should start that game, they probably thought he should be pulled. Um, because they saw that he did not have it uh, and that he was not being utilized properly properly or whatever was going on. And I just, I mean, it was, it, it felt like a doubling down uh, and tripling down maybe on the errors that had, uh, that had been made. And, and honestly, you know, look, it's, it's obviously Ron Rivera's right and um, to make a decision on ter- terms of who was going to start, but I think he should live with the consequences of that. And that was just one of the poorest performances in, in a, in a critical game against a team that had nothing to play right. for um, that they should have beaten. And, and they just rolled over and it was, it was pathetic. Yeah. Make, so make no sense. I said, make no sense. Make no uh, mistake. <laughs> what was I thinking? Make no mistake. Um, Like I'm, cause I, I know I got cut off for a second. I had somebody at the door. Uh, for those who are listening, but uh, I, I did like explaining everything that I explained and, and trying to elaborate how I elaborated. Uh, my ultimate point was uh, that I, where I was getting at was that it did make it did come from a logical place to put Carson in. I don't think that Ron Rivera um, had the the un, like. I think that Ron had different alternatives. He I think he had different motives from a logical perspe- perspective. You can understand it, but from Rivera's perspective, I think he just wanted to move on from Heineke already because of the fact that, you know, Carson Wentz was the guy he brought in. Carson Wentz is the guy who's healthy. Uh, Carson Wentz uh, is the guy who essentially um, he he paid $28 million for 
and Taylor Heineke's getting beat up a little bit. So uh, this is the perfect time. Oh, by the way, he turned it over two times in a row. It's a perfect time to get him out there. Uh, but ultimately, like when you make that gamble, I was as I was getting to Kyle, and it fails to the level in which he did, like two turnovers in your first five passes, um, three turnovers in your entire debut, two of those passes were were first of all i'm sorry let me be clear oh two of those passes one was late and 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 should have been uh thrown with better anticipation the first one to terry and then your third one you just throw it into double coverage <laughs> uh and and enforce a pass right there and even your your third one the one in between the first and the third meaning uh that the, the one that i didn't mention um you you took that you know down the field the seam shot uh against cover two with a linebacker and Deion jones who was really uh, keeping up with with Curtis Samuel and you underthrew it severely when you had two people specifically your running back wide open on third and six in the flats and it's off cover two so like there are reasons to suggest like these aren't ones where you can sit here and say uh I threw it to a spot where I thought he was going to be at like Brian Robinson in San Francisco and we just miscommunicated that no these are completely on the quarterback the back of the quarterback and you failed um, and it's a culmination and, and basically a conclusion to, to the fact that, you know, Ron Rivera severely botched this in the offseason. And like and at the biggest position that you possibly could have uh, in NFL, uh, that quarterback spot uh, for you to, to botch it uh, this year, uh, to have no answer essentially last year, because Ryan Fitzpatrick, we knew was a placeholder. You went for the, the quote unquote future. I mean, obviously, contractually speaking, right, Kyle? Um, Wentz isn't he wasn't guaranteed a future here in Washington to begin with but for from a Rivera perspective and how he wanted to play it uh this is this this could have been your future guy you believed in him um and he, you failed and you haven't had a quarterback since you got here um and and, and I think that's the ultimate disappointing thing and, and to the to the point of the game to swing it back to the to the nature of the game I, I do want to be clear like this wasn't just the Carson thing I think Carson was the biggest story for obvious reasons, three turnovers, but that team just looked dead. Um, and I think that from a coaching perspective, I think the coaches are just as important in this conversation. I had said that post game, like if your mental makeup ain't as strong as your players and, and your, your, and, and vice versa, like if your players ain't the mental, mental makeup, like you can coach them up as much as you want to, but if they ain't got it, they ain't got it. Like if both of those two aren't there, especially from the coaching side, like, what are you, like, how are you going to expect to win when nothing that you had? Um, and, and I say that I I, I don't want to be in a literal standpoint, but your your game plan was not necessarily conducive to what you were really having some success on offensively. And then your your defense is is really exposed from the standpoint of Jonathan Allen coming out and your secondary just essentially getting gashed because they don't have Benjamin St. Juice and Cam Curl out there. Uh, it's just a long story, but even still, like those aren't like good enough excuses for coming out absolutely flat uh, offensively throughout the entire game and, and, and sustain that the entire game. And then your defense really just uh, giving up points after points and really should have gave up 30 um, if it wasn't for a terrible fourth down draw <laughs> from the Cleveland Browns that just got themselves um, essentially uh, away out of the red zone with, with zero points scored. Uh, I, I think that's a lot of things, but I also think too, Kyle, I don't, I don't think there's one more thing about, Carson and I'm and I'm good. Um, I, I do think that this situation, especially in that second, I mean, that coming out of that second half, I don't know if he if he would have got benched, man. Um, they just got down with a 21 play drive that's that ended up in a touchdown, and he didn't have any he didn't have any mistakes that drive, uh, for the most part. So like that's the lasting impression going into the halftime is that he may have turned he may have turned it around. Um, and for some, right? I don't want to. I'm not speaking for everybody saying there there are some people out there who probably thought that he could have turned the corner but then clearly um look i mean bro the dude the first five passes couldn't couldn't throw it to his running back <laughs> yeah he couldn't throw it to his running back that was that was awful um i don't even know like that that's a person who i thought he was traumatized like i think he had some traumatic experiences where it's like please don't force me to throw it to this running back like, don't design a play to throw it to the running back because I can't do it. I can't hit the flats. I'm I'm a mess up. And I think he showed like what he was scared of and what he didn't want to do throughout the game. I, it's impossible for me to sit here and say that his finger was hurt. 
Like, that's impossible. He, he came out and said he is as healthy as he ever been in the month of December slash January. He said that right before the game. Like, it's impossible for me to sit here and say that his finger was hurting. Yeah, and I mean, uh, again, the, sh- the short his terrible short passing game has been, uh, you know, he's been notorious for that. That's not something new. I mean, th- th- yes, yeah. he can hit he can hit the deep balls, but the guy can't throw a five yard out. It's it's crazy. Um, and you're right. I mean, the 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 blame. There's plenty of blame to go around. Uh, and ultimately, at the end of the day, the blame stops with Ron Rivera, and that's where I put it. You know. Carson is who Carson is. He, 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 he was tapped to start and he went out there and played, he played like crap, but you know um, it's not his fault. He was started. It's Ron's fault for starting him. And it's Scott's fault for calling a, an awful game. Um, and, and I do think the lack of energy um, from the team generally, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that that coincided with, Carson getting the start now you know can I say that definitively I no I can't but I I do think that probably um I'm you know if, if fans can tell that Heineke gives the team a better chance to win certainly the locker room knows that um and I I, I think they they probably recognized you know their chances were were hampered by having went start certainly it looked pretty obvious after the first quarter or so that that wasn't gonna um be a successful situation i mean i here's my here i guess i'll transition this to a larger conversation um and not just quarterback but oh three and one i think heading into the game right let me double check um i think oh three and one in your last month and it was oh two and one right yeah oh two and one oh two and one oh two and one yep oh two and one in your last your last three and then oh three and one in your last four um now obviously after the result of the cleveland game but in those 0-2-1 games, right, those the one that you tied and then the, the two straight losses, uh, I think with Rivera and, and understanding he's the person, he's like the November guy. Like, he's always been that month of November. Um, and, and I guess somewhat in December. I don't have his December coaching record around. Um, but specifically in Washington, uh, like, he's had some, some late-season collapses um those first that first season now obviously there's context and i want everybody to think about the context uh, as i list these off but it's still important because uh when you get to 2022 you understand that um you can make an argument that despite the COVID issues um in in 2021 that that washington faced uh despite those COVID issues um you know they still came out and got whooped against the dallas cowboys that first game out when they made it to six and six, like that wasn't just all COVID related. Like you got dominated in a game that nobody like expected that, that to happen to you. It wasn't. And, and then it, it, it starts the, the, the four game losing streak. So you go from six and six to six and 10. Um, and then the year before that in 2020, you lose against the Carolina Panthers. Um, they weren't good. <laughs> you, you lose to the Carolina Panthers. And then you follow that with another loss to the Seahawks. Um, and the Seahawks were decent that year, but point being, like you put yourselves in these positions, right, to 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 climb back out of a one and four or worse hole to start your seasons, which you did three straight years in a row, um, and you fall again. Uh, Kyle, you mentioned you're, you're trying to figure out what to do in the off season with Ron Rivera, and and you suggested he should be fired this week and not even make it to the Dallas game. I don't, I see, like that's. For for me on, on my side, um, I have said a thousand times I'm not a fan of Rivera. I'm not a fan, fan of his coaching staff. I even held my tongue, excuse me, and gave him credit in the midst of that win streak. But I knew the season wasn't over. <laughs> like I, you you know that like there's just a matter of time um, where you're going to start seeing some things reveal itself, and they happen to reveal itself down the stretch. And even after this week, excuse me, after today he had a press conference um and i wish i can find the question but he was waiting for that moment to uh matter of fact here it is right here he's waiting for that moment to to explain why he feel like his team is is in a good position right um and he, and he took that opportunity when somebody asked him the question I, I don't remember what it was i mean who said it but i do have the quote um and i'll go here and i'll just give your thoughts i'll give i'll, I'll 
swing it back to you for your thoughts. But he had said this um, on if the teams met his expectations and taking the next step. He said, I like to believe that we did. I think that we did some really good things. I think there was a point where we were at the six, six spot in the whole playoff hunt. We got ourselves there. We got some pretty good football, did some things. Uh, and, and then some things happened that we just couldn't sustain. We went through a period where some injuries and some and lost some guys for the season that we didn't have available. We played several games that way. We didn't have running backs from the very beginning. We finally got together, got that together. And as some things came together, we showed that what we could do and then some unfortunate situations. So do I think we took a step forward? Yeah, I do. do I think that we showed we had a pretty good core, core of young guys. Yes, I think so. Um, and we have enough young guys, our veteran guys around those young guys. Um, I think we do have those veteran guys, but I do think there's a couple positions that we can shore up um, and that we need to shore up. Uh, so, again, it comes back to the question looming over to everybody, which is quarterback. Um, but do I feel good enough? Yeah, I do. I mean, there's some good things you believe. Now we have some opportunities we we didn't capitalize on, and that's on us. Uh, but at the end of the day, I feel good about that. Um, Kyle, one thing I'll say before I hand it back to you, that man said that he feel like this is the the year. Um, somebody bot- butchered the question because it wasn't like, like he said, this is where that urgency is should be met. Like this is the one where they take the the next step in and and really um, ascend. Um, I didn't see ascension, and I, I didn't see ascension because like despite that six and one, uh, six one and one stretch, um. You still started off two and four. You still started off one and four. Um, and and how you finished was just as uh uh indicative of of everything else throughout the rest of the season. We knew that this stretch wasn't sustainable based on how the the offense was playing, um, and that the defense was really relying on their starters and like any injury could set it off. Um, and, and that's exactly what happened. Um, so I'll I'll give it back to you because I, I said a lot, but. That that is not something where I I look at and I say that his team ascended. It's it's exactly where they were to start the season, um, and 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 so on and so forth. So I'll, I'll give it to you, Jamal. It's a delusional answer. It's an answer that is. Uh, you said it, it, it clearer makes, than me. <laughs> it makes it makes my stomach turn just to hear. I've got it pulled up before me. It was a question, a response to a question by Scott Abraham at the press conference. I mean. Would you pay a coach $7 million to put that crap on the field and then give that kind of answer? He doesn't even think there's a problem. He thinks you know we're still in the rebuild in year three, despite the fact that the quarterback that he gave away two third-round picks, $28 million for, has you know ended up with a, what, two-and-five record? I mean, it's incredible. The guy's not taking any personal responsibility for basically having made the worst offseason decision um, that the team could have, and then for having the team completely die uh, on on him when it counted at the end of the season, and and you know come out flat in the beginning of the season. To me, the only redeeming uh, stretch of games during the season was when he was forced into starting Taylor Heineke by injury. Um, uh, again, probably against his will, if he would have had his druthers, he would have started Wentz, you know, for as long as he could have. And the, and the season would have been over by the beginning of November. We would have been talking about mock, mock drafts uh, before Thanksgiving, uh, as opposed to, you know, at least in the beginning of the year. Now I, I, that, that, that response is so out of touch to me and so indicative um, of, of his hubris that, uh, that, you know, yet another reason why he needs to go. He doesn't even see that there's a problem there. I don't know if you heard, you probably didn't, but Sean McVay had a press conference today too, where he was talking about how humbling an experience it had been for him this year and how his team didn't play well. And, you know, this coming off a Super Bowl season uh, where they did struggle this year, the Rams did struggle this year, but he took personal accountability for, for how poorly they had uh, performed and, and recognized that this was going to be a learning experience for him to, you know, hopefully be uh, better in the future. And I'm sure that he will, because he's the kind of guy who, uh, has the wherewithal to succeed, but th- this answer from Rivera, I mean, I was um, pretty uh, sickened by it, and and really, frankly, disappointed that the press corps didn't give follow up on him more aggressively on that because it's just an, an embarrassing answer. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. Like how you specifically about the the follow ups, 
Um, there wasn't. And, and I think the thing is, Ron does this a lot. I actually talked about this on Chopper Dive podcast the other day. Um, somebody had asked him, what's today, Wednesday? Somebody had asked him on Monday, I believe, what do you have to say to the fans or something like that? Or maybe it was Tuesday, I don't remember. But he said, like, what do you have to say to the fans um, of the team, of the commanders? And he said, <laughs> he didn't say anything except for, we appreciate you and it's Dallas week. We're going to try to win. I'm like, is that all you have to say? for for how this season uh fell out like you you it fell, fell out of your grass it slipped out of your grass and to be honest with you um and i i don't want to sound too negative for any everybody that's listening i i just didn't buy and i, I guess if you all listen all the time then i guess i'm safe in saying this because i'm consistent but i just didn't i just didn't buy this this rivera thing i've always felt that rivera's had some type of kind of uh uh you you do better at your adjectives Kyle than than <laughs> I do <laughs> in in describing these things but for for Rivera and in understanding that there's an obvious answer there for you to take that accountability like there's there's ways that you can do it um and you you kind of deflect and 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 give those answers where it's like um I'm not going to acknowledge that we messed up but I will say um that this is a we thing that we're in this together and we'll we'll continue to fight and and figure things out uh, how about you understand the mistakes that you made and acknowledge the mistakes that you made as well? Um, and I think that was a perfect layup of a question from the reporters that, you know, they're asking you to speak to the fans and and you and you think that we care about a week 18 game. Right. Like that yeah. All we care about at this point is Sam Howell and, and seeing if he has anything in the tank. Um, but we don't care about beating dallas anymore like that that rivalry people still truly dislike dallas i'm not one of those people where i hate dallas um i i i'm past that point of of my fandom to be honest with you of of hating divisional rivals but um at the end of the day if we ever get good again someday we want the bigger picture (laughs) if we we got good again where there these games actually mattered on a year-to-year basis then maybe we we all buy back in but we're not there. And who cares about beating Dallas at this point? Like we, we would expect a, a larger, a larger and more thoughtful response and not some, some BS response that you just, you just give because um you think that they're still in your corner. That's not, that's not there no more. I don't think that's there. No. Or, or maybe it's, a, it's on the, that's the minority side. I don't think it's there anymore. Um, And I know you said you thought that they should have followed up with some more. I think that was another opportunity yesterday. Uh, excuse me today. If they took the next step, like at the end of the day, Ron, you can't keep saying like the injuries is is something that you was waiting to spew out there. Like that wasn't an opportunity for you to use that excuse. Right. <laughs> and you go right into the trap. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, Ron has talked a lot in his time about um, about responsibility and accountability and usually in the context of players needing to take responsibility for following the rules as he lays them out. But uh, I see very little of that on his part. And I think um, that that does not speak well of him again uh, to have a third straight season um, with very mediocre performance with really, as you said before, no ascension no progression. He's right. He does have a talented team and the coaching on this team is not getting the best out of that talent. And that's, that's on Ron. So um, I, you know, I don't know what else to say. Um, Sorry, my dog's sneezing. Look, it's all, it's all good, You know, we Um, we got a dog too. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, that's, yeah, that's, that's about all I need to say on that topic. Like you say, maybe we can get onto something a little bit more upbeat, but I am just, I, I apologize for being so negative Jamal, but I just, I got to get this off my chest, man. Look, Hey man, that's sometimes that's, that's what we need the mic for. Uh, but Sam Howell, um, I don't understand what that was this morning. There was two different reports. Um, they wanted to go with Taylor Heineke, had a discussion with the players, um, including Taylor Heineke, and then the the plan changed uh, that uh, Taylor Heineke is now going to be QB2. Sam Howe gets the keys. Uh, I guess I'll start with that one, Kyle. Um, I think this one was the only decision that you really had. Um, I don't know why 
they tried to make it and i'll say they because I, I know probably there's probably some people like yo you keep talking about ron man relax all this stuff i'll just say they <laughs> but i think this is a decision um that when you look at your quarterbacks um you already know the 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 contractual obligations the financial obligations of carson Wentz if he plays or if he doesn't play um do you want to risk him being out there at all and getting hurt no so you you make him inactive uh taylor heineke at what point do you look at this game who who taylor heineke is a free agent a pending free agent right he is he is not on your team next year um and you already know who you have and taylor heineke if he was a step on that field um do anybody need to see that in week 18 no but then you got a guy and a rookie who has been around for a whole season who has been learning under you and your coaches for a whole season who has had some things that you all understood he had to work on right but it's gonna it may take some time it may take it may take a couple of months it may not be ready like instantaneously but if i trust my my coaching uh my coaching ability and if i understand that there is some plays that we can use a, a good 20 to 25 plays that we can use with sam howe um and and i think that he'll be effective in it then let's get it done but we need to evaluate him in real time let's let's, let's see what he looks like when the bullets fly it was only one logical answer for me kyle um and, and i'm sure that's I, i'm i'm just i'm just sure that I'm, I'm excuse me i'm just glad that they made at least the right decision here to give him a full game as opposed to giving them whatever it is that they planned on giving them when they said that Taylor Heineke was going to start, or it was reported, let me be clear, that Taylor Heineke was going to start and Sam Howe will come in at some point. Yeah, I mean, from from the time, actually from before the time um, that that Wentz went down, my opinion was play Heineke until the team is out of the playoffs and then uh, and from that point forward, play how. So, um, you know, that would have basically, you know, assuming they would have played Heineke last week, um, that would have called for playing how this week. And so we, I, I honestly didn't care very much who they were going to pick. But the the really bizarre thing was the idea that we're going to start Heineke and then we're going to get Howland at some point in the game. How on earth does that work? You know, I mean, it's like you're going to change quarterbacks at halftime, regardless of how the game is going. Why would Heineke play at all under those circumstances? Um, so, again, just sort of more bizarreness. Um, I I really think, okay, you've got the Cowboys um, who are who are playing for, you know, something meaningful in this game. You've got, it seems like, about half the starters out with injury at this point, uh, and you're going to put Howell in there. Uh, hopefully, you know, he survives and, and doesn't, um, you know, get brutalized by the Cowboys defense, but I'm not holding out a lot of hope. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I probably wouldn't watch the game, honestly, if Hal wasn't playing. Um, so maybe a few more people will t- tune in, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm not expecting a lot. I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to use this game to draw any conclusions about Sam Howell unless he, you know, throws for 300 yards and four touchdowns or something like that. Um, but I'm not expecting it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting this whole ordeal because like I, I had a feeling and I understood like when Ron said, you know, we're playing to win. I, I think that that is a fair statement to make. I think that is an obvious statement to make. And I think I, I'm talking about from Ron's perspective, like just saying that publicly, like you're not supposed to say anything else. Um, but I also think that like from a, a logical standpoint, you can play to win by playing your rookie quarterback. And I think this is the right to add on to the conversation. I think that's the route, right route to make. But I think it gets muddy um, at this point, because like when you want to see some of the younger guys as well as like a mix of the veterans, um, that injury report is crazy, Kyle. And, and, and like that injury report can be somebody with like a bruise, a slight bruise. And and because it's week seven, week 18, and they're not making the playoffs, they'll probably sit out like Jonathan Allen. I don't expect him to play. Um, uh, what about offensively? I know Chris Paul is expected to play. I think they said left guard. Um, so he's going to be in for Norwell, presumably. Um, I don't know what your right guard and right tackle situation is looking like. I would assume Sam Cosme is starting this week um, because of the situations. Uh, but my point is, like, receiver-wise, 
Um, Deami Brown is probably going to get some playing time. Cam Sims, maybe, but he's a free agent. So I think his role may stay the same that it has been this entire season. Um, and then you look at like Dax Mill and uh, what about Jahan Dotson? Maybe Jahan plays because he's a rookie. Um, but is Terry going to play? And I think like, Cole Turner, I, I expect him to play now and get some 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 good PT. I don't know about Logan Thomas playing, but my thing is like with Sam Howell, he's not going to have he's probably not going to have as much help as he'd like. Now I'm not going to sit here and say Terry isn't playing. I don't know, um, and but I hope he does, and, and that's ultimately where I was getting to. Like I, I need at least to give him as much help as he can on that side of the ball. Like if you want to evaluate him, get him his players. Um, I understand if the offensive line is going to be a little bit different. I understand if even B Rob can't play, which is going to be a little bit tougher on that that offense because B Rob is the guy that makes things shape. But you got to get him at least as much help as he can because B Rob is a little banged up. So get him at much help. So you can kind of see, um, has he learned or picked up the small details that you all said that he needed to develop on as the season went along? Um, to your point, I'm not evaluating him uh, 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 in, in great detail over one game. You need a little bit more games than, than just one game. But from a coaching standpoint, they'll be able to tell if that footwork has improved and if his decision-making has improved um, beyond his first read. Um, and that's kind of what Ron Rivera was speaking towards in terms of like the the, the actual details of, of Sam Howe and his development. So I think that's like the biggest thing for, for the coaches to see if that's picked up. And if it has, um, there should be a legitimate conversation of him competing for the starting job next year if they don't go for that solid, bona fide starting bridge quarterback. Um, everything else should be on the table. Yeah, I mean, I have a question for you on that front. I mean, so so who is the bona fide starting bridge quarterback who's who's definitively better than Taylor Heineke? Uh Jimmy Garoppolo. Um and to be honest with you, there's like three. I gotta pull it up again. Maybe um, Derek Carr. I, I don't know. You gonna say, I am I do not want that man on this team. All right. <laughs> do you want do you to, want Derek Carr? No, no, you're just trying I, to draw I, no, no, I'm just trying no, I'm trying I'm trying to to think of who you might be thinking of because my answer is I don't think there's anybody, you know, if you can get Taylor Heineke for six million dollars, um or was around that ballpark i'm i'm content to roll with heineke howell and and a drafted rookie next year i i just don't need to see another you know um mid-level or worse veteran rolled out there so i'm kind of curious if you say there's three guys uh, jimmy okay i mean i can jimmy buy that jimmy um you have daniel jones you have jacoby Brissett. Um, and I think that shit in terms of bridge, because I think Geno Smith has, he's, he's played himself well enough to the point where he can probably get a shot at, um, like competing for like a championship team. If he doesn't start with Seattle, like he may just be like a, like that piece that a team needs. So I'm not going to say Geno. Um, but I think that there's, there's also three quarterbacks out there, three that I named that I think are better than Heineke. Like that's, that's, that's where I'm getting at too. And that's kind of, what was Jacoby Brissett's record this year? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Four um, and seven, four and seven, and the Brown, the Browns have a pretty good team around him. Uh, the Brown, the Browns don't have the Browns don't have a, they don't have a defense, <laughs> and he and and his record, his record is one, his record is one thing to to a bigger picture. Like it's not like it's not like he was having terrible games. He he looked he looked solid in his games and most of his games. I'd say I'm not going to sit here and act like I've seen every single game. Um, but that's that's one aspect to it. So like if you look at Taylor Heineke, this is his first year. What five three and one? Um, similar stat line to 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 Brissett, except for Brissett has had he's had has a slightly higher completion percentage. Um, but even still, before this, like Taylor Heineke is a 500 career quarterback. <laughs> like it ain't. That's 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 record. If we want to talk about records and stats, that's one thing, right? I, I that's that's just that's just I just don't think is. Jacoby Brissett is a is a significant upgrade. You know, I mean, put him in the same put him in the same category, but I definitely don't think they're uh, he's a significant upgrade. Uh, well, to and- be clear, we're talking about. I, I just think they're better. Um, I think that you can you can you can do more with certain quarterbacks like Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not a person with a strong arm, um, and and he fits that. He fits around that same mode as Taylor Heineke in terms of arm, like arm ability with his arm. But he's a person who's more decisive in the red zone, and he's better on, on third downs in situations like that. 
like those that's kind of the value that you get with a Jimmy G like that can that can overcome a person with with not such a strong arm um and 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 that's kind of the difference like Heineke is not that good in the red zone so I think like that's I know you talked about what's his name Brissett um and that's one thing the idea of Daniel Jones I always think that uh Daniel Jones and I've said this I haven't said it on the show so I'm not going to sit here and act like people heard this but um Daniel Jones I felt like was one who just never had uh the arm not the arm the talent around him at one point like it's always one piece one piece but never like a whole picture on that offense for him but he has made he has made throws that suggest he can ball if you give him an opportunity um especially with pieces around him but um yeah I don't I don't think the Giants are gonna let him go I think he's gonna. So, I, th- I think he's uh-huh. gonna get resigned by the Giants. So. Yeah. So I'm. So I'm saying. So what I'm saying is, because you asked about bridge options, my thing is somebody else asked me this too. I, I just don't. I don't even think that's the route to go. I, yeah. I, I don't. Mean, I I'm too. not. Yeah. I'm not going. I'm not going the route of having a bridge quarterback. I'm going the route of like you have to just say you just have to suck it up if you're Washington and go get a rookie. Like I'm not. Or if you're going to trade, it's either. Uh, Derek Carr, nobody else. And I'm not, I don't want Derek Carr, as I just said earlier. I don't want that. So <laughs> it really has to be a rookie on my side, Kyle. I'm not, I'm not going for nobody in free agency. Um, and if I if if they did go for Jimmy G, I wouldn't be upset. Um, though I think that New York, the Jets should, should try to get him. Yeah, I I mean I felt like actually I I had a conversation with somebody about this earlier in the week. I felt like mm-hmm. Jimmy probably in the offseason was the best of the options. Although my concern really was, was that, you know, and the funny thing about Jimmy Garoppolo, we're talking about a guy who got his team to the Super Bowl and the NFC championship, and he's still getting run out of town uh, in San Francisco because they, people see higher upside. I mean, he's kind of like uh, to a certain extent, the Taylor Heineke story on steroids, like just not good (laughs) enough, no matter how well the team does. But, um, but, but I felt like, last year with the 49ers getting the NFC championship game, he'd probably just driven up his price too high to really be worth going after. I mean, like I wouldn't have traded a first round pick for him last year. Um, and I would have been reluctant to trade a second, although maybe looking at what we gave up for Wentz, a second would have been a relatively good deal comparatively. Um, but, but I just think, I mean, I, I'm, I'm where you are, which is to say, um, Again, draft a rookie, uh, throw him into the mix with Howell, and I do think you sign Haneke if you can get him here uh, for a reasonable price to stay in that mix, and then you just you go forward under those circumstances. I don't think any good comes from from uh, from trading for or signing a vet for the most part in this offseason. Uh, I don't I don't think there's any benefit to that. Yeah, um, I'm with you though. It's it's no it's no point in going to veteran. The, the veteran route uh if you do jimmy g like i said that's the one where i'm like okay uh two years three years max um i think this roster is capable of 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 winning with that um that type of quarterback uh but you you can't ignore the offensive line and, and to be honest with you like one sorry once again for those <laughs> who have issues with 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 us questioning and having issues with ron but um like I don't, I don't even trust him to go the right route. Like he, he, if he does, if if he does, excuse me. When people ask, like people also ask, like what is the right route? Um, I think the preferred or or the 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 more preferred route should be the 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 way of the draft because you get to build and develop with some with some young quarterback. Um, in this instance, um, but I do understand where this roster is, and that's why I think that um a, a bridge could be an option for Ron once again. It's a distraction. I don't think that's the route that you should go. But if you go with Jimmy G, I think that's probably the more one where this team is stable enough to handle him coming in. Um, so long as he don't, you know, keep getting banged up uh from an injury standpoint. So um I don't trust I, I don't trust Ron to make the right decision because I think he may feel once again that he's in dire need and he may make a, a rational rush plan or a decision trying to acquire a quarterback, and that ultimately and set them back even further but um and, and then the worst thing about it is i don't even know who can keep hold them accountable <laughs> yeah year. right i i know i in fact I, just the opposite of you i trust him to make the wrong decision because he's desperate <laughs> he, he, he's desperate now he, he doesn't have the time uh, to to groom a quarterback um and so the idea of drafting a rookie well that's good 
makes sense to you or I, I don't think he's got the patience or the time for that. And, and the other piece of it is, is um, again, if there is a genuine ownership change this off season, I think it's almost certain that he's gone after 2023 and you're going to have a new GM. You're going to have a new head coach and they're going to want to bring in their own guy. So, uh, you know, unless you get incredibly lucky and in the, in the guy that you draft in 2023 um, is somebody who those other people coming in are behind, you're going to be right into the back into the draft mix in 2024. And so we're really uh, we're we're in a pretty bad situation, honestly, I think um, I've 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 been hammering now that if you know if there is go- going to be an ownership situation i almost think that um that free agency uh and the draft almost need to be sort of put on ice you know for this this year i mean you need to draft somebody obviously but but maybe you say look you can't draft a quarterback um take the best cornerback or best uh tackle available in the first round and then you know draft whoever else you want to through here but um you know the the risk that you draft a quarterback who is not going to be the next guy's um uh to the next guy's liking is is high um and uh, you know uh, even you know worse scenarios to think about are you know trading away future draft picks or something like that to move up for for somebody who ron thinks is his guy um and i don't know i just think it's it's a pretty it's a pretty rotten situation to be in right now because uh, with all the uncertainty, it doesn't lend itself to uh, really functional team building, um, and uh, and <laughs> and and a and a good near term future. Unfortunately, Jonathan <laughs> Jonathan Allen, Sadiq Charles, Cam Curl, Jamin Davis, Antonio Gibson, Cornelius Lucas, Andrew Norwell, Brian Robinson, James Smith Williams, Ben St. Juice, Montez Sweat all dnps on wednesday um i think they'll continue throughout the week um and we'll see uh quite a few of those on dnps thursday and friday as well uh good luck to sam howe um i'm looking forward to it uh i'm I'm talking as if i won't be back here on friday to (laughs) why am i why are we doing a game preview i gotta talk to somebody i don't know if i (laughs) i don't know if i'm doing a game preview like what's the what what is the point (laughs) um (laughs) but we'll we'll figure something out uh for sure kyle as always man i appreciate you coming through uh we will definitely come back i need to try to get this round table stuff with the hogs haven writers together um that's been a hassle but hopefully we get some time when the season's over to have these conversations with uh with the hogs haven crew um as well so appreciate you joining me throughout the year and we can talk again next week as well my man yeah i'd love to talk in the off season and uh and uh take it easy um hopefully Again, the team gets through this game without too much injury, and uh, we can start talking draft <laughs> in the next that, few weeks. Our favorite time of the year, draft yeah. and free agency, baby. We love it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right, man. Y'all take care. Take it easy. We'll be back later.